welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Amen. How many of you love Jesus this morning? Amen. Amen. Such a great time of worship together as we lift up Jesus. That's why we've come. That's why we're here every single week to lift up the name of Jesus, the name that is greater and above every single other name. So glad you're joining us in person. And I'd like to welcome those that are joining us online for our online campus and church. Come on, would you give it up for them today? We welcome you. Glad you're watching wherever you're at. We are in our first week of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know so many of you are on this journey with us together. And it's an amazing time. And uh, you can partner with us. Just jump in anywhere. And just so that you would say, it's come through this fast. God, I'm going to give something up. God, what do you want me to give up so that I can fast it, so I can focus more on you and hear from you, Lord, and what you're saying to us individually and what you're saying to us as a church. It's so important. I was encouraged this last week and uh, 60 people had come out this last Wednesday night to our prayer gathering midweek. Awesome. That's our highest number ever. We're thankful for that. And uh, for those of you that joined us, uh, so thankful. And we'd love to have each and every one of you here with us, 6.30 to 7.30 every Wednesday night right here in the sanctuary. We've been talking about being rooted as uh, Kristen said just a moment ago, and uh, that we are praying this year that we would be a people that are rooted in prayer, we're rooted in God's word, and we are rooted in community. And today is that second part of the series, and we have this as our theme verse this year, Colossians chapter 2, 6 through 7. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. That is God's command to us. That is our prayer this year. Would you join us in praying this, this year, every day, even over your own lives, over the life of this church, that we would be rooted and that we would be built up, that we would be people that are not uprooted and swayed by anything in our culture, but that we would be rooted in God's word together. That's my prayer and our prayer over each and every one of you. Because what we talked about last week is what you plant daily determines who you become permanently. Isn't that true? That what you plant daily in your life, whether it's good or bad, is who you and I come and become permanently. Practice doesn't make perfect, but practice makes permanent. You and I every day rely on our practices because they almost come in voluntarily, don't they? They're just like, they just naturally a part of who you are and what you do. You've made them a part of your life, but we need to be a church that practices our faith. Amen. We don't want to be people that are swallowed up in fear in this season. We don't want to be people that just want to get by in this season No, we want to be people that overcome in this season. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We are called to overcome. That's what he's called us. We're overcomers. And so practice, we understand, doesn't make perfect, but practice makes permanent. So we want to go back to the basics in this series and practice and planting spiritual seeds in the soil of our hearts. That's what we're called to do. What are you planting, not just on Sunday, 
but every day, day by day in your life and in your heart. Last week, we talked about being rooted in prayer, the practice of actually going to God, communicating with God, why you and I need prayer and how vital that is. But today, I want to talk about being rooted in God's word, studying the word of God together. I think it's important that we put this daily habit in our life daily. Every single day, we have it there. Now, you know, whenever we talk about the word of God, I want to just clarify some things as, as we start. What am I really talking about? Ultimately, the word of God needs to be distinguished because as you read this book, your Bible, the word of God, it's used in so many different circumstances. It's used in many different types of contexts. There are two different and very big concepts. The first is that the word of God is first and foremost, we understand that the word of God to be the person of Jesus Christ, right? When you see that phrase, word of God, we know ultimately we're talking about the person of Jesus, who he is. John chapter one, verse one, we see that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, right? He was in the beginning with God, Meaning, John chapter 1 is telling us that Jesus, one of his titles, is the Word of God. And as you move down then to verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, and the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. So John chapter 1 begins that way. The very beginning, we see There was God the Father, but also there was the Word of God, the Son. And John chapter 1, as you skip down, tells us this Word became flesh, became literally, physically, the person of Jesus Christ lived out. Meaning the whole point of the Bible is always going to study who Jesus is. That when you read the Bible, the ultimate intent of God's people should be to discover Jesus through Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, it is about Jesus, and that who is it's about every single time we come to it. But also, there's a second category of the Word of God. It is the speech of God. There are many categories. One category would be God's decrees of what he sp- speaks out. As you open up the Bible, it tells us that God decrees things. He did this. We see Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. Right off the bat, you see God said, let there be light, and there was light. It's a decree from God. It's in the spoke. It's a spoken word of God that he spoke forth. How many of you know that God speaks to people? How many of you know that? Amen? He does. It's a personal address. We see this in scripture. And as you read God's word, you soon discover that he's speaking verbally to people. For instance, we know that back in Genesis, we see him. He's talking to Adam and Eve, and he tells them, be fruitful and multiply. We see Abraham, he's speaking to him. I'm going to make you into a great nation. Over and over again, this is the spoken word of God to a person. But also, as you read the word of God, I want you to understand that it comes through human lips. So we understand it comes through human lips that you and I are called to speak out the word of God. Amen? That it's just not in us. But it comes through us, and we're called to speak it out. We read the prophets like Isaiah. We see Jeremiah. If you look in the word, in fact, in Jeremiah, God said, I put my words in your mouth, words that can uproot nations. 
not only do we have God's word rooted in our heart, but he says, my words are so powerful and so strong that they have the ability to uproot nations, he told Jeremiah. That's the word of God through human lips. The fourth category is kind of where I want to look at today is we see God's written word, which we have as the Bible. That as we talk about being rooted in God's word and studying his word, I'm talking about studying the Bible. That's what I'm talking about, studying the Bible. That this is something that, that shouldn't be secondary, but it should be the primary function as a believer that each and every one of us would learn, practice, and plant the habit of studying the Bible. You ever heard when somebody refers to somebody like they're really grounded? They're really grounded in something? Like, what does that mean? Well, they're really grounded because they're taking the time to plant the seed so that they will take the time into the good soil of their heart so that roots will establish so that they would be built up in Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. Somebody that's a grounded person in the Bible, that they have roots that are established down deep inside of them. The scriptures command us to study the Bible. And it's the most profitable way to learn God's word. Because why? Well, we have it in written form. So it doesn't get lost in translation. And so it's there for us so that we can easily understand it. So when we're studying the word of God, the Bible, we're looking for the word of God, who is Jesus. We interpret scripture with scripture. We're commanded over and over and over again to study the word of God, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Matter of fact, Psalm chapter one, he says this, there's a blessing attached to the word of God. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in what? The law, everybody get the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. This man is blessed when he studies day and night. Somebody say day and night. Say it again, day and night. Day and night, day and night. That's a habit. That's planting something, day and night, day and night. It's a day by day being rooted, not just someday. It's every day that I'm meditating, that there is a blessing attached to his word. I think the words that God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter one and verse eight are very applicable to you and I today. The book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night so that you will be careful to do everything that's written in it. Here's the kicker. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success, right? The only way to do that is to meditate on God's word to plant the word of God inside of your heart. Look at what Paul writes to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. Somebody say, I want to be complete. That's right. We want to be equipped for every good work. And the way that you do that is through the word of the Lord. I want to be mature. How about you? Right? We don't want walking around and have adults that, that are here that walking around in our 30s and our 40s and our 50s as immature believers. The way to do that is coming to the word of God, the word of life, and have it implanted in the soil of our heart. Last week, we talked about how 
not starting with the how, but why we need to start with the why. Before I teach you how to study the Bible, I'm going to talk to you about three reasons why we need the Bible. And then with each lesson, I want to give you three ways that you can plant that practice starting today in your heart. Number one, why do we need to be rooted in the word of God? Number one, it's your daily bread. It's your daily bread. How, where are my carb lovers in the room? Do we have carb lovers in the room? We have some carb lovers that are here. I love all kinds of bread. How about you? You love ciabatta? You love that? You love pita? You love, you just keep, I know it's hard to talk about when we're fasting some of this stuff, but how many of you pick a restaurant based on whether they have good bread or not, right? Yeah, you're, you're a lot more honest in the first service. Three people raised their hand. I called them liars. And many of them did repent. But it's amazing as we study the word of God, you discover over and over again that the word of God is parallel as bread. Why should I study the Bible? Because the Bible is the bread for the believer. Studying the Bible as a believer in Jesus is not a luxury, it's a necessity. And see, that's what I think we need to move past in our shallow thinking that's just a luxury. No, it's a necessity that we have to have in us, rooted in us. We need bread. We need bread every single day, day and night. It's sustaining you. It's keeping you. We know that Jesus, we see him in the New Testament. He was tempted in the wilderness by the devil. And the devil comes to him in Matthew chapter 4. And the devil says, hey, you look hungry. You've been out fasting 40 days, 40 nights. He says, why don't you turn these stones into bread? What does Jesus say back to him? He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. He quotes and goes back to Deuteronomy. He pulls that out, what was already spoken, what was already written. What is Jesus teaching us? He's saying, if you want to know how to sustain your soul and how to actually get through your difficulty, that more important than physical food, you need spiritual food every single day to be able to make it. You need the bread of God. You need the word of God to keep going. This is what fasting does for us, that we're fasting from maybe food, fasting from a certain situation, social media, whatever it may be. And as you come through it, you're fasting. You're saying no to your flesh. How many of you know you can tell your flesh no? Yeah. Right? You can tell your flesh no, you have authority, you have dominion, God's given that to you. Say no to the flesh so that the spirit can rise up within you and you can hear from God. I think that there are some that are listening that are convinced, they've convinced themselves that studying your Bible is only what the spiritually elite people do on the earth. But in reality, what you understand is your Bible is simply bread. What you learn is that Bible study is about surviving before it's maturing. That you gotta have the bread of life in you. You have to eat it. Man does not live on carbs alone, but you and I can live on every word from God. God's word, when it's rooted in the soil of your heart, sustains you, it keeps you on the journey of life. Have you ever noticed this when you don't read God's word? You might not feel guilty, but you do feel hungry. You ever notice that? Because after a amount of time, you realize, I'm hungry. I'm missing something out of my diet. And I need something to sustain me for all these circumstances and trials that I'm going through. That God, I need you, and your word does that. 
I mean, how many of you ever missed a meal and felt guilty? Right, right, no, no. I'm so hungry that I missed that meal. Why aren't we hungry? What is it, what is it today? What is it in our lives that's leaving you in a spot where you don't feel like you need this book? There has to be something deeper. There has to be something more. And there's a lot of temporary things, but Jesus wants us to get to the eternal thing that lasts in his word the Bible says lasts forever. Remember the portion of scripture in Luke chapter 11 it comes out of the Old Testament when God was leading the children of Israel out of the wilderness and he provided manna from heaven. We know this story probably very well. There was one rule which God said you can't do. You can't take more than you need for that day. But like children, what did they do? They took more than they needed. And God was trying to teach them something as he is trying to teach us something today, that he was saying, I am the one who will sustain you every single day. He's saying, hey, yes, listen, is your trust in the bread or is it in the one that gives you the bread? That God, I need a daily word from you and I want you more importantly as the promise giver, that I just don't want the miracle, I want the man attached to the miracle more important than anything else. Amen? That God, we want you. Sometimes we hunger for other things when God's saying, will you just hunger for me? We realize on our money that we look at every day, says in God we trust, which is so crazy because we don't. We put our trust in money and politics and popularity. We put our trust in others. But when you get a revelation that God's word is bread, you understand that you need him and I need him every single day. Jesus said of himself, I am the bread of of life in John 6, 35. If you eat it, you will never hunger. Everything you're looking for today is found in him alone, that the word of God is meant for daily use, not for cake for special occasions. Amen? You know, we need to understand that because so many times we only go to God and get in his word when we need something. And we treat his word as cake. Like, we all love cake, right? Yeah, give me to the cake. So God, I'm really hurting, you know, but when we're doing, we're doing really good, we don't even search the word of God. That's why we need the word of God daily planted within us, that you gotta realize that it's daily bread, not just cake on special occasions. And I'm, am I making you hungry yet? Okay. That literally what we have to know is we have to eat this book. This is what he's telling us. This is daily bread. You have to eat these words. You have to take them into your life. You have to receive them. You have to have an open heart. I think it's so unique. Gandhi, who wasn't even a follower of Jesus, said, there are people in the world so hungry that God cannot appear to them except in the form of bread. God, long before Gandhi came on the scene, declared to a broken and lost world, I am the bread of life. So how do you take in bread? It's very simple. You read it. How do you eat it? You read it. How do you eat it? You read it. That's how you take it in. And we've made this so hard sometimes. Once again, we've made very simple spiritual disciplines, I believe, very hard sometimes in Christ. How do you read it? You eat it. 
You eat it. You take it in. It's daily bread. It's daily bread. And, the, and let's go deeper this year than, than just maybe just reading a verse and having shallow understanding of God's word. Let's go deeper. Number two, it's your daily weapon. The Bible is a gun and the words are the bullets to the enemy. Why do I read this book? Why do I get it in my spirit? Why should you do it? We should because the words in it are bullets to the enemy. This is how we fight back. The problem is so many people don't know that we're in a battle and that we're under attack. And the only reason you wouldn't want a weapon is that you don't think you're being attacked. Some don't know who the real enemy is. We spend more time fighting with each other than we do with the enemy. And listen, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how many bullets you've got. If your aim is wrong, it doesn't matter. Are you with me? Are you following me? When it comes to spiritual bullets, we are not aimed at political parties. We're not fighting a sociological war. We're, We're not fighting against flesh and blood. But you and I are in a spiritual battle every single day. The Bible is a gun and the words are bullets. Ephesians chapter six. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen, my problem is not you. My problem is the devil, right? But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When you and I get attacked, you're going to need to use a weapon. And our weapon is God's word, the Bible. Remember, when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, Isn't it crazy? We think if we go to church, if we give an offering, and if we serve, we won't be attacked. Let me tell you something. That is faulty thinking. That's not even biblical thinking. That's not the understanding. But some people think, well, I'm serving God, giving my best, so I shouldn't be attacked. No, when you're giving, when you're serving, when you're loving other people for Jesus, you will be attacked more. Right? That's a hard one to sing hallelujah to, but it's true, right? It's going to be even more so. Jesus went into the wilderness. He was attacked, right? That the word of God fights back with the word of God. The word of God, Jesus quotes as the word, the word of God. It is written. Pull that out and use it. Now, if you don't know what's written, you can't shoot your weapon, right? You have nothing to fire. It's blanks. I think so many of us are are trying to go find our weapon and the enemy is already in your house. After the addiction, 
People are trying to find their weapon. Where is that? Where's the word? How do you shoot your weapon? You, you memorize the word. You get it by memorizing the word of the Lord that is inside of you because when you're actually being attacked, you don't have time to go to Google and look it up. Right? It's in that moment that you have hidden God's word in your heart so you will not sin against him. That we have better put in the word of God long before the things and the trials and the giants show up that you're ready to fire back. I grew up with godly parents probably like many of you. Not a perfect home, but we, we, we live the word of God to us as kids. I, and they, they showed that example. I, I did Bible quiz when I was growing up, and it helped me memorize scripture. And let me tell you something. If you're like, hey, I'd love to memorize more scripture, I think it'd be great. We all struggle with this, don't we? But there's an app for that, believe it or not, that can help you memorize scripture and can test you that you want to get in the word of God more, you can do that, and you can get God's word hidden in your heart. I mean, I understand. I understand there's so much information in all of our lives that, you know, we're trying to figure out and remember what we need for our kids, you know, what they need, and our spouse many times, and what do we got to do at work, and sometimes we, we don't even know what we should do next, but, but we have to have God's word hidden in our heart, that we better write it down, and we better plant it in the soil of our heart so that it can take roots, because Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 tells us the storm of life will come and you need God's word to hold you steady and not be swayed by every wind of doctrine. Every doctrine out there doesn't mean it's God's doctrine. You hear me? It's amazing in the day that we live that people will just take in every bit of news and everything and they'll just take it in and oh, it must be true. They're saying it. No, you have to bring that to the word of the Lord and you need to test it up against God's word to see whether it is true and it passes the test. We need to have it evident in our life. Let's commit ourselves to studying and memorizing God's word. We've got to have it memorized in our heart. We have to have, be rooted in God's word so that we can have the fruit of God's word evident in our lives. You know, God's word not only takes care of the threat that's outside of us, but also, there's a threat on the inside of you as well. Anyone ever realize that you're own, your own worst enemy? Yeah, me. I got my hand up. Right? That you lie to yourself more than other people lie to you? No one lets me down more than me. That I've got a threat on the inside, and I have this thing like you called sin and flesh. And so that's why Hebrews tells us the word of God is living and active for this, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The bullet, what is that for? The bullet of God's word is to keep my flesh dead. That the old man has to die. And that's going to have to happen on a daily basis, Right? I love the Message Bible on this where it says, the word of God is sharper than a surgeon's scalpel, that when it comes, it lays us open. Why? To condemn us? No, that we would come and we would not only listen, but we would obey the word of the Lord. That it comes and it lays us open so that God can do his work in us. That's where he does his best work in us, to show us our faulty thinking, our misunderstanding, to clear up the things that are not truth. Listen, 
we need to keep the old man down. And I don't want the old John keep coming up. How about you? It's part of maturity. That's why we need the word of the Lord. That these things in our life, the same thing shouldn't be keep coming up decade after decade. Some of these things just need to be dead and drop dead and be done. Right? There's always another battle to fight. Why do I, and why do we need to be rooted in God's word? Number three, lastly, because it binds up your wounds. God's word is a bandage to those that are hurting today. Bandages are meant to help the healing process. It's there to help stop the bleeding. It, it keeps infection from getting in, and, and it helps to protect you as a barrier. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. Now, if, if you live long enough, you are going to face suffering. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? You live long enough that there's no getting around it. It's going to come. But when you're suffering, you have to know you actually have a bandage. You actually have healing. You actually have hope. And what is that? It's called the word of God. That's why it's so important to study this word, right? Because we continue to go through suffering. We go through grief. We go through loss. We go through pain. So the word of the Lord as you're taking it in every day and you're planting the seed, it's getting rooted in you so that when the hurt and pain do happen, you have something there that can bandage your life, bandage your heart, bandage your spirit and heal you. You know, sometimes the only way to go through suffering is to go straight through it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like, God, I, I can't try to end around this thing. I just got to go straight through this thing. But God, I don't want to go through it at five miles an hour. I'm going to go through it at 100 miles an hour, but it never normally happens at 100 miles an hour. But when you're going through suffering, you just know sometimes you've got to, you're just going through it. And God's word is there. And he's going to see you through it. And he's going to help you. And he's going to put a bandage on you. And he's going to heal you. And he's going to stop the bleeding. God's word stops the bleeding in order to start the healing. And not, it doesn't just stop it. It starts healing you. It's so important that we as the people of God have the word of God within us. Psalm 107.20, he sent out his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. God's word is medication to my soul. It's healing to my body that when you open the word of the Lord and you're reading it, man, I want to just encourage you, ask questions about the text as you're reading it. As you're going through it and say, well, God, why did you say this here? God's doing something in you. He wants you to dig deeper in the word than just shallow reading. Why, why did he say that to leaders? What, was, what were you meaning here, God? Why did you say, you know, these stiff-necked people? It's more than just people, you know, sleeping the wrong way in bed. That's why they got stiff necks, right? There's something deeper. There was rebellion in their heart. You need to ask questions about the text. Why were they rebellious? Ask questions inside the text because this word is alive. Amen? And he's speaking to us because he loves us. The word will bind up your wounds. It will bind up your wounds. His word brings about our salvation. His word brings about our deliverance today. Do you need to be delivered? His word will do that. He will do that. Don't forget to take your daily vitamins, but I just want to tell you this more important than anything else. Don't forget to daily practice studying God's word. Open it up, whatever that is, that you're finding your place and your, your heart in in these next 21 days. Open up the word of life. Let it speak to your spirit. And here's, the great, here's a great thing that, that, that I want you to know. You can't overdose on God's word. 
Come on. Sometimes we're overdosing on other stuff, junk. You can never overdose on God's word. You can never get enough of it. Neither can I, right? I mean, so none of us have arrived in this. We, under, we understand it's difficult some days. And sometimes we put ourselves down for not being in it enough. But, but listen, when, when we're in it, we, we're going to feel hungry. There's some things that God's saying, I, I, want, I, want, I need to do in you here. And the only way you're going to get this is through my word that's going to give you fiber. It's going to help you through this circumstance and situation. And sometimes we don't like the bandage, do we? God's word hurts sometimes. It comes and like, ooh, that hurt, right? But it stings, it hurts in the short term, but you need to realize that God, man, I need your word because you're healing me through it. By just reading the word of God and drinking it in and meditating on it, you have to realize it's bringing healing to you. It's bringing healing to your bones today. It's bringing healing to your muscles. It's speaking to that disease in your body in the name of Jesus. Sometimes we just look at the word. Well, there's just word. No, this is the real active and living word of life that when you read it and you drink it in, it's bringing healing to you in the name of Jesus. The God, I need your healing today. My heart. You need to take God's word and you need to apply it to your life. You need to take it and drink it in today and say, God, my heart, I need you. I need you to make me whole today. There's something not right inside of me. His word is there to heal you, not to condemn you. God, my mind, there's things in my mind that shouldn't be there. There's destructive thoughts. There's thoughts of suicide. There's thoughts, Lord, that things that, that I've been dreaming about that are not even of you, God. But God, I need you to heal it in the name of Jesus. So God, I take your word and I apply it to my mind today. Lord, there's, I'm bleeding out. And so, Lord, I'm bleeding out. So I need to take your word and I need to take your word and I need to apply it. To bring healing so that, God, your word will not only stop the bleeding, it would start the healing in Jesus' name. Listen, as you begin to understand and you get this, that God's word is for your healing, you will want to study it more and more and more. You realize it's about Jesus. It's always been about him. You want to study it. You want to get into it. You're going to meditate. How do I eat the bread? You read the scripture. How do I fire my weapon? You memorize the scripture. How do I apply the bandage? You meditate on the medicine. Don't just read it. Don't just memorize it. Meditate on it. Think deeply about it. Reflect on it. Fill your mind with God's word. Meditate more on scripture than on anything else. Amen? Because if we listen to all the stuff that's out there, and we meditate on that, we let that ruminate inside of us, that's not life-giving, that's death. God's word is life-giving. He wants you to meditate on his words today, this week, through our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why do we need to be rooted in God's word? Because it's bread to us. It's, it's a weapon because it binds up your wounds. So for every single person here or online today, if you're wounded, 
God's word has been sent to you to bring healing. Would you just take a moment and let God begin the healing process, not only to stop the bleeding, but to start his healing work in you. Father, thank you today. Lord, that for every single person listening, here in person or online, that God, we would take your word. It's about Jesus from beginning to end, our Redeemer and our Savior. That God, today as we are challenged to get into your word more, that it would take root in us to study the Bible, to study the words of life so that we can become more like you. To bring healing in the name of Jesus today. Bring healing to our minds from the person that feels like they don't matter anymore, that they want to take their life. That Lord, in the name of Jesus, you have given us life. It is through your son, through your lifeblood that we have it today, Lord. And I pray that you would change the understanding of their heart today and come into your word, Lord, and divide joint and marrow. Lord God, to those that are, that are in sickness or has disease or has had a word from somebody in the medical world, whatever it may be, that says, listen, you don't have much longer to live, that God, we take your word today and we apply it to every single person, to every single family member, Lord God, to this church and this family. God, today, Lord God, that we speak life in Jesus' name. We speak healing in Jesus' name over every sickness and every disease. You sent your word and you healed us, Lord. Healed us. Heal our wounds, Lord Jesus. Lord, you have bound them up, Lord. You bind up our wounds and you come to us as our great shepherd today. And Father, we thank you for that and we thank you for your word over us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Listen, before you leave today, if you need prayer, we would love to pray with you and we'd love to speak God's word over you. Listen, you know, that's another thing. Many times, we talked about prayer last week. So many times we get concerned about, well, what should I pray for somebody? Pray God's word because you can never go wrong. Is that what you, John, do? Yeah, that's what I do. I mean, my words fail. They'll linger for a couple of seconds, they're done. But God's word stands forever. You, you, you never have to worry if you're praying God's will. will. It's his word, that's it. His word is his will. Pray that, pray that, pray that over the people that are around you, the people that need prayer, the people that need encouragement, and the people that need love in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.